This is Women's Leadership Success Podcast, episode number 118. Do you know what the fastest growing demographic in the workplace is globally? This is something that will impact 1 billion workers by 2025. This workplace reality, unacknowledged by most people, is taboo and full of prejudice. Do you know what I'm talking about yet? This is a physical phenomena all women go through in their lifetime, menopause. Although all women experience menopause, research has shown that women view disclosure of menopausal status at work to be threatening and embarrassing, potentially exposing them to ridicule and hostility when discussed with managers. Our guest today will help us to begin to normalize menopause in the workplace and show women how to be more successful during this time in their lives. And if you are a man, it is essential for you to listen and understand what women in the workforce will go through in their lifetime. Plus, if you consider yourself a high potential woman leader, check out the special program to turbocharge your career and income that I have for you in the middle of the show. And be sure to check out my Action for Traction plus additional resource links shared by our guest in the dedicated blog post about this important topic at womensleadershipsuccess.com. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life, no matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. Welcome, everyone, to this is womensleadershipsuccess.com. I'm so pleased today to have with me Fiona McKee, Mackay, excuse me, Mackay. And she is an incredible woman who is one of the top speakers in the world. She's CEO and head of value creation lightbulb leadership solutions, the female founder of the Menopause Maze, um, a gender acceleration strategist, career and business coach to females, leaders and female founders, top 250 influencers in femtech it's so long um it just keeps going on and on and if you want to just see how great she is just google her she is absolutely incredible i'm so excited to have you here today and i'd like you to tell a little bit about how you got involved with with menopause and then tell us what it is and then I, I have a third request, and that is, why should anybody listen to this if they're not in menopause right now, or if they're male? Because we have a lot of male listeners as well as female. So welcome, Fiona. Oh, Sabrina, thank you. And it's such a pleasure to join you and your audience here today. Um, so the, the first question is, why menopause? Why menopause for me? So in the introduction that you gave, I'm a female founder and I've got a, a number of businesses within a group of companies. And 
eight years ago now, I had to have an immediate total abdominal hysterectomy, which meant that the whole of my reproductive system had to be removed in order to basically save my life. It was a really serious operation. And although I had been prepared for the physicality of that surgery, none of the medics had prepared me for the reality of waking up into immediate surgical menopause. And when I woke up, my body had gone into wholesale shock. My brain was literally screaming out for the organs to produce the hormones that I needed to function as a human being. And and I think this is a real issue and challenge for senior women and particularly female founders. We just power on, right? Because that's what we've always done. That's what we do. We are absolute warriors. And I just thought, you know what, I need to get over the physical aspect of this surgery. And I'll just see how I go. It will be normal. Well, it wasn't normal. I was having on average when I when I came back from hospital, 160 hot flashes a day. The only way that I could literally function was to lay on the floor with the freezer door open. I was in a really bad way. And in the end, I went on hormone replacement therapy and I only needed to have estrogen. And it wasn't, it did help, it massively helped, but it wasn't the, you know, the silver bullet that changed everything. But that surgery changed everything in my life and it changed everything as a female leader. And I chose not to tell anybody. My family knew, but my colleagues and my clients didn't. Because the reality is, as a female leader, leading a big business up against, you know, the big six management consultancies that we are are our competitors around the world. If you'd have said to a CEO in an organization that you're working for, oh, I'm sorry that I've just tripped over those words, or, you know, I, I might not have come across as strong in that presentation because I'm actually menopausal, you lose the gig, you don't get the work. Mm-hmm. And that is the reality of the situation. So that's why I went off on the route of researching menopause, the effect on female founders and how we could actually put together an evidence-based method that would equip women to ensure that there was no pause to their careers as they move through menopause. And that's how I set up the menopause maze. So the second question was, what is menopause? So menopause is the time in a woman's life when her reproductive or when her reproductive hormones start to deplete. And it's the body's natural way of saying, you're coming to the end of your childbearing years and your estrogen drops, and therefore you stop bleeding at some point and you move into the postmenopausal stage of your life. For, for women, for Caucasian women, The average age for perimenopause, which is when you start to notice that you are experiencing some form of symptom and your body is easing into that phase of life around the age of 42. And the average age for entering into menopause full is 51 if you're Caucasian. If you're a woman of colour, it's seven years earlier on average. Mm -hmm. And that's being massively overlooked in the health system. uh, And those women are being hugely marginalized. Um, And therefore, the third question was, what impact does it have on men? Well, 
For every man on this earth who knows a woman, she is going to at some point go through the menopause. No woman is exempt from it. It happens to every single female. And it's problematic for men who naturally don't tend to talk about things. Menopause is still seen as this woman's thing. It's this taboo. We don't talk about it. There's shame attached to it. It's like, oh, let's not. Let's put it over there. So being educated is really important for men. Knowing how to support your loved ones is important. Knowing that there is over 60 60 symptoms of menopause. So it's not just hot flashes. There are a variety of physical, emotional and psychological symptoms. But not every woman goes through them, you know, a really vast, um, what can I say, experience. 25% of women have no symptoms. 75% of women are symptomatic. They have some form of symptom that they manage over that period of transition. Mm -hmm. And 25%, their symptoms are so severe, it can last the whole of their life through. And the natural term for menopause is around 10 years. So once you enter into it, naturally you move out of it and you can hopefully shut the door 10 years after your first symptoms arrive. Wow, that's that's a lot of information and it's wonderful. I think we really need it. I was hesitant to have you on my program because of the who talks about menopause and I'm talking to women about things in business. So it's like I really had to grapple with it myself. Do I want to do that? And I still have a concern about it. And the concern is as we as you tell me these things and it becomes more open will this increase the prejudice against women i'm already concerned with you know i what i experienced so much of this with women who've had uh given birth or you know they they have small children and um all the things that you talk about it affects the way you function and it feels like is this just one more one more uh, nail or thing against women of, oh, now if we have two candidates, we've got a man who doesn't have to deal with that like this. Now we have a woman. So how can, yes, this is true and it's coming out in the open. How can that help us succeed as leaders and not have more prejudice heaped on us or I don't know what. So help help me with my concerns about this. And it's a really, really great, it's a really great question because it's one of the reasons why women don't talk about it is because they know historically, if they did, they would be treated less than because of such, particularly in the workplace. But here's the figures. And for any business leader, decisions more often than not are based not exclusively, but on numbers. Mm-hmm. By 2025, one billion women are going to be in the workplace of menopausal age. Billion, one billion. One billion. And that figure will only increase. Menopausal women are the fastest growing demographic in the workplace globally. So for any employer who chooses to overlook it, they've got a big challenge on their hands because there, there's a there's a huge talent crisis around the world anyway to get really talented people 
in jobs. So actually what we need is we need to be able to get captains of industry to understand that this is the biggest human capital opportunity that they have ever had in their life. Go and harness it and find the people like myself who can help you do it. And that's the mindset shift. I think as individuals who are listening to this podcast, who may be thinking, well, I'm a little bit, a little bit unsure about maybe saying that I am, think about what tribe can you join? Where can you find your tribe so you can start as a community to get collective voice rather than be thinking that you've got to be the lone warrior? I I like that. I think <clears throat> I think also. <clears throat> there may be concern that if a woman says she's in menopause, that that dates her or ages her like, oh, she's she's older now. I, I, at least in the United States, you're in England, but there's so much prejudice. Like if, well, if you're over 40 or 50, does that mean that um, you've passed your peak and you you can't do things? Can you comment? Yeah, I think it's really important for women in the public eye, particularly in uh, in Hollywood, to come out and say, you know what, I'm dealing with it. I mean, for example, Gwyneth Paltrow, um, the CEO and founder of Goop, Hollywood actress, well-known Oscar-winning actress. Mm-hmm. She has, she I recently just came back off a cruise, off a celebrity cruise. And the week after, the Goopies were taking over the cruise. And one of the things that we were talking about is well-being and menopause. So more visible and vocal role models, absolute tick, tick, tick. Um Naomi Watson, she's spoken about it as well. So we need more senior women to be coming out and saying, hey, I've done it and I've still kept my career or I'm going through it. And these are some of the things in terms of lifestyle and career um, that I'm looking for. But interestingly, one of the things that Gwyneth Paltrow has clearly said is I'm going to need a menopause coach and a menopause career coach to help me get through. So it's really understanding how can I access you know, you if you want to if you want to get really fit, you go and find a personal trainer. If you want to transform your well being, you go and see a life coach. This is no different. This is a phase in your life. What resources do you need, and and who can you start to follow to give you some tools and inspiration and um, feeling of belonging? I think is really important. That's that's really so beautiful. Um, so what is, what are the unique things that women should in the workplace should be paying attention to or doing? Okay. So first and foremost, we've got to think about this in two ways. So most employers, I was just looking at some stats before I came on this recording with you, Sabrina, and these were UK based stats and most employers in the United Kingdom don't even recognize menopause as a wellness issue. So got a problem with that before we even start. They just think it's one of those things that, you know, a policy, a piece of paper might rectify and then we'll pick up the, the fallout from that, basically, if and when. So it's a very reactive way of looking at human capital and wellness and well-being. And so not compassion, right? Oh, well, it's just an absolute, tra- it's a commodity transaction, if that, at best. 
So what I'd say to women is your career health is in your hands. If you don't craft and create the career plan that you want as you move through menopause, you are going to end up with the career results that your employer thinks that you should have on their terms and in their own time frame. Mm -hmm. So this is within your gift. And for many women moving through menopause, there are physical symptoms, there are emotional symptoms, there's just the, the, the challenge of change is really starting to think, okay, what do I want the next phase of my career to be? And it doesn't have to be the next phase is retirement. You know, we've been given this narrative that when we get to a certain age, the next stage in our working life is that we stop working. This is the second, the Japanese call this your second spring. I love that. The second spring of your life. So think about when you say those words, it just brings energy to you. How do you want your second spring to be? It's in your terms and on your time frame. So think about the goals you want to achieve. Is that maintaining your career? Is it maximizing it? Or is it moving out and completely nicely transforming it and doing something new? Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of women are encouraged to take lesser jobs when mm-hmm. menopause starts. Um, how do you deal with that? What? So the most, if, you, if you're symptomatic, it can often be really challenging to hold down your job and manage the symptoms and the challenge of menopause at the same time. And one of the benefits can be from compassionate employers who say with the very, very best of intentions, well, how about you do two days a week working from home or work from home permanently, or maybe reduce your hours or go to compressed hours or think about more of a more permanent part-time role. And that can be absolute an absolute godsend to you and really make a difference to help you. But I would caveat that and say, if you are going to go down that route and that's going to be beneficial for you, only agree to it for a period of time. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to maybe work, I don't know, 40 hours a week instead of 50 hours a week or 30 instead of 40. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to agree that with you for a period of, say, three months. And that gives us both the opportunity, me and you as as my employer, to see how that's working out. And hopefully that will be enough of time for me to reset and really understand where I perhaps need to look at my priorities and shifting my schedule and looking at life in its whole, its holistic view And then we can come back and revisit it because otherwise, if you don't, there's a real there's a real opportunity to get overlooked in your career and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. And before you know it, you're getting kicked to the curb. Good. Good point. Let me ask you a very personal, real question. Your willingness to address this question and your answer could mean the difference between doubling or more your income in the next year. Do you consider yourself a high potential female executive who seeks more recognition, income, and influence? Someone who aspires to the C-suite or higher? Or maybe you seek a whole new opportunity either internally or externally with a new company. But somehow you feel stuck or maybe you're not recognized for your hard work 
and are getting passed over for promotion. Or you just need a new strategy to help you advance your potential and your income. The demand for high potential female executives that earn top salaries and profit sharing opportunities has never been higher. But if you don't know how to stand out from the crowd, attract your champions, navigate organizational politics, or lack confidence to ask for what you want, you may be left behind or miss out on some great opportunities. If you can relate to any of these core executive development questions or challenges that may be holding you back, I've got some good news for you. For many years I've been an executive coach and management consultant. One of the most rewarding aspects for me as a champion of women's leadership is helping women like you have more influence, impact, and income in business and life. I've had phenomenal success helping women advance their careers and radically increase their income, especially in STEM and tech, when previously they had been stuck or sidelined. That is why I'm inviting you to apply for my executive coaching package for high potential women to help you stand out from the crowd, turbocharge your career, and radically increase your income. Warning. This turbocharger career is not for everyone. It's not an overnight transformation. But if you are a focused, high-potential woman leader, willing to invest in yourself and follow my proven strategies to advance your leadership and career, you'll be amazed at what we can accomplish together. I invite you to book a free discovery coaching session with me right away because I can only take a limited number of people a year for this special package. So I invite you to reach out to me via my contact page on womensleadershipsuccess.com so we can connect and see if we're a good match. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. What, what are the things that one should do to adjust to being in menopause? Well, in terms of your health, I mean, I'm not a medic, so I certainly can't give any medical advice here today. But what I can do is share with you some of the things that I've addressed and what helped me. So appreciate that lots of things do change and they come at often at the same time. Now, for me, it was everything came together because one day I was okay and the next I was in surgical menopause. But for most women, it will be a natural progression of things coming through and noticing change and symptom. So what I'd say is, first and foremost, you've got to look at your physical health. You've got to look at your mental health and you've got to look at your career health. Those three things go hand in hand and you can't have well-being across that tripartite without addressing all three because there's an interdependency. So really thinking, OK, well, what am I, what can I do to look at diet, movement, sleep, thinking about um, getting hormone replacement therapy, if that's right for you. And if it isn't right for you, what alternatives you can look at from a natural perspective? Because depending on your medical history, 
hormone replacement therapy might not be a route or an option that's that's right for you. But for many women, it is. For mm-hmm. many women, even though it is, they choose to look at a more holistic and a more natural plant-based solution uh, and look at uh, different opportunities and treatments that can help them so the treatment plan looking at how can you balance your hormones because without getting that right first the rest can't can't fit into place that is the big you know the fundamental part of the jigsaw Mm -hmm. and then everything else will fall from there but in terms of looking at your career health what does good career health gonna what does that look like for you what will that mean and in terms of your overall mental well-being, are before, you- before you start that, um, and I really want to hear it, but I'm thinking so many of the women that I've coached um, just in the last week, I had a couple of women say, well, I don't have I I don't have time for anything. I'm taking care of my teenagers or whatever, and I don't have time for any of any kind of self-care. And what I'm hearing you say is. Now is the time that you really have to make that a priority. Well, the, the reality is your body will make it, your body and your brain will make it a priority for you because menopause comes at the most inconvenient time in a woman's life for the very point that you've just made. If you've left having, if you're a career lady, particularly, and you've left having a family to a little bit later in life, you've often still got the demands of a growing family, plus the demands of aging and elderly parents, and you're sandwiched right in the middle of it. And there will come a point as you come into menopause, where if you don't make that time, you will you will crash and burn. And without being too sensational here, this is a fact. The highest rate of suicide for women is in the menopausal age. So if you don't, you are literally putting your own life and the consequences of the choices of not prioritizing self-care will cascade and ripple through the whole of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's like they say, when you get on a flight, this is the time for oxygen mass first. So you really have to do that. And so... Now you were going to talk about the emotional. So go ahead and which, of course, goes with this. Yeah. And it it can be a really scary time because the person that you were before is changing into somebody else. Mm -hmm. And managing that, it's really important to talk to your peer group, to talk to your friends, to talk to your neighbours, to if you're in a supportive workplace environment, talk to your colleagues or come and join a community of like minded senior women where you can talk to about some of the changes that you're feeling and perhaps feeling a little fragile, a little unsure. And um, that is so, so, so important for your mental health. Also, as well, realizing that you've got to think about sleep. And insomnia is one of the one of the very common issues mm-hmm. of menopause. And of course, Sabrina, if you don't sleep, you can't function. If you can't function, you get anxious about not being able to function and then you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So it has this, you know, catch 22 situation. I have a an app on my phone called the Calm app which I'm sure a lot of your um, subscribers and clients worldwide will use. And that hasn't been, you know, it hasn't again been the silver bullet, but I found it a very centering experience and it's quick. 10 minutes in the morning before you start your day and give your your brain and start to think about your brain as a a limb 
you know, if you broke your arm, you'd be doing everything you could to get it straight in that cast so it healed. Mm-hmm. And think about your brain as the emotional sat nav and how what can you do? Just a small amount or when you've got a little bit more time, more indulgence. But what can you do every day to give yourself that emotional well-being? And it starts with really focusing on that as an entity rather than a side issue. Okay. I think you I think you said car nap. Is that correct? Calm. C-A-L-M. Calm. Calm. Yeah. Calm. Um, well, that's interesting. A, so that means you take a little nap? Is that yeah. it's 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 a meditation app. And oh, it, okay. And it has um short daily meditations. It has little inspirational um mind mapping exercises called daily trips. There are little five minute exercises you can do, and it isn't menopause specific, it's just for good right. mental well-being. And it's a little, it's a little routine that I've got into every day. And they also do some nice sleepy bedtime stories, and they have some really great celebrities with beautiful calming voices read these and and that's really helped me sometimes just turn my overactive brain off that because it doesn't have enough estrogen that it used to have to just try and settle to get into some form of rhythm with sleep well send me send me the link and I'll put it up oh, on for sure um and I do think naps are good and I do do car naps as well as naps at home. So if I'm if I'm going to go give a speech, if I have a meeting with a, a business that I'm working with, I might uh, set my timer for ten minutes and just lean my head back and shut my eyes. And I find little or what in the United States you call cat naps, just little tiny naps where I'm not processing things trying to figure out what to do, but I'm just just getting back to myself. I find that really helpful. And that's why for a lot of women who um, elect to work from home a little bit more, if you're feeling a little dozy in the afternoon and you think, oh gosh, I could just really benefit from a 10 minute snooze and a recharge, there's the opportunity to take it. You know, you're not having to go into the, the boardroom and trying to find some plastic to lay on the to lay on the boardroom table to get a 10-minute recharge. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would definitely endorse that. Absolutely. Grab, grab the opportunity to recharge whenever you can. Right. And a lot of big businesses have nursing rooms with beds in them that you can go take a 10-minute nap in. Absolutely. And also as well, you know canteens and uh, shared workspaces and breakout zones you know a lot of them are, are comfortable and inclusive places and you know if if you are working in an organization which has is doing the work to make it okay to talk about menopause if you see one of your colleagues having a little 10 minutes and you know it's a it's a menopause nap great go for it what's the difference between that and a co-colleague you know going out and having a stroll or or taking some time for themselves so yeah definitely for sure absolutely so you you say that women need to have a career plan in menopause and you kind of alluded to that earlier but what exactly do you mean? You mean like a formal career plan? I think you I think you really benefit from a formal career plan. 
I really do. And it's there are three quick key questions that you have to be able to answer within that career plan. And what I'd say is, if you are at the point where you're feeling in hormonal deficit and you're still challenged with getting your hormone levels balanced, you can really fall out with your career. You can really fall out with it and think, I hate this job. I hate what I'm doing. I can't bear it. I don't want to go into work every day. Everything just seems negative. And before you make that devastating decision of moving away from something, you've got to be, you've got to be really clear. Is this because I'm feeling hormonally challenged? Or actually, is this time of hormonal change just fast-tracked? what I've always felt, and it's just brought it to the forefront. So it's a decision which I knew in my subconscious that I needed to make, but I chose not to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the first part of the career plan. And then the second part is the formalization of it. So where do I want to be in the next 10 years as I move through menopause? Because there are going to be changes that's going to happen to me physically and emotionally. And that means that I'm going to potentially move through and and look at my life in a different way. Mm -hmm. So with that, what impact is that going to have across the other parts of my life? Will that mean I will earn more? Perhaps will I go for a different role or a different career that perhaps doesn't have the same income that I have right now, but I'm going to get more time back. And these are the things that we need to plot and plan, because otherwise, if you don't, you're going to end up with what you get rather than what you want. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, why it's really good if you have a coach or like you you have a group that you work with. I'm thinking so many women, they really don't have anyone they can talk through this whole process absolutely and that's why we set up the no pause program so the no pause program is an online program run by career coaches Uh, I do one twice a year and that's the opportunity to go through that career plan and and actually with with your peer group get that plan in place which Mm -hmm. is phenomenal it's six weeks and it gives you absolutely the tools that you need to really understand what that was is going to take to get the, the optimum career health for you. And then we have a vibrant community as well in the menopause maze. And that means that you can talk to other women, access experts, and, and really get the, the coaching that you need at the time of menopause that you're at that makes the most difference for you. Okay, so we'll put that link up on the show notes also brilliant thank you and uh access that um you you state that that menopause is a perfect time to become a female founder now that (laughs) tell me about that well that seems quite contradictory doesn't it because you think oh my goodness i'm going through physical and emotional and mental changes um and your your recommendation, Fiona, is to just pile another change on top of me and say, go and start a business. Well, actually, let's think about this and pull this apart. So when you get to your 40s and 50s, if you've been really successful in your career, you're often in a leadership role. You're at the top of your game. And therefore, you have an amazing network a network that you have contributed to the whole of your life through. And you look around and think, you know what? 
I've known, especially if you're in a really successful organization currently, and you look around and you think there are so many opportunities to bring about different products or services to market. And I think this, this would be the great time that there may be so many corporate layers and just politics and claptrap that you just feel as though you can't deal with anymore. Mm-hmm. And the research has shown women in their 40s, it's the time of entrepreneurial success for that very reason. You're networked, you're well experienced, you are able to really galvanize and understand change, you're creative. And if not now, when? So there's you you look you look forward and think, okay, well, I've got the next 20 years. I could really motor here and bring something amazing to market, whether it's products, services, um, opportunities, selling knowledge, whatever it may be. And therefore, I think it's the most amazing time to think, well, right, okay, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to really back myself. Why not? And there are some really successful women in their 40s and 50s who've gone on to do great things. That's that's wonderful. I want to go back to the symptoms. And I was going to look this up and I, I didn't have time to do it. But the woman prime minister, it's a, is it Norwegian? She's, uh, do you know the name of this show? I do, I do but I can't remember how, how yeah. bad is that? Okay. <laughs> but she's, she's brilliant. She's doing this great job and she has what I call power surges. All of a sudden she'll, she'll just be maroon color and she's hot. And um, what that that's, to me, that's a big one. You're in a meeting, you're giving a speech, you're doing something, and all of a sudden you you have a hot flash or a power surge. What do you suggest doing? I I, I suggest, well, well, organizations would do well to start thinking about investing in fans and, and better to, better temperature control across organizations. But if you work from home or you work remotely, that's within your own control. But what I'd say is we need to just start normalizing it and saying, hey, you know, particularly, I mean, for me, one of the, the big symptoms was I was tripping over my words and I just couldn't remember people's names. It's to just say, hey, can't remember your name, not personal, it's brain fog, it's menopause. It's okay, because it happens. That's what happens. It's no different to a woman who has a baby and says, oh, I'm sorry, I've just got a nip off because I'm going to express some milk for my child. It's a natural part of what happens to you. Boy, is- what a difference that would make if everyone did that. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, tripping over my words, Um, it's just brain fog or actually, can we open those windows? I'm having one of my power surges. And you know what? We need more women to be able to say to men, when we go in meetings, my, my temperature is going to go up and down in here. So just be mindful of that. We can't be having the heating on. Absolutely full blast because I'm going to have to go and put my head out of the window. And they need to, they, and, and you know what? Most men, most men that I've come across, if you say that to them, will be absolutely, you just tell us what you need. I, I really do think that most men want to be as supportive as they can be. They're just unsure how to do it. Right. And so much better than waiting till you're you're miserable and the heat's too high and you pass out or you have to leave the meeting. That's such a good idea. And also maybe asking for the fan. If you're going to be giving a talk, saying, I'll need a fan here. 
I need a fan here. I'm going to need some water. Uh, we it, it would be good to, to look at the temperature and control across the uh, across, the, if, especially if you're giving us a, a speech, maybe in an auditorium where there's a lot of people. So with that, you're going to get natural increased uh, body heat, how you can regulate and also start to think about the clothes that you wear as well. Think about the clothing that you wear that is going to give you confidence, but give you confidence to physically breathe as well. So you're not having to keep taking a jacket off. So it may be that a dress and maybe a shawl or a scarf may be much, much better for you. Start to think about the practicalities of how you can dress to, to give you the freedom and the flexibility to not have to just keep peeling off layers, but have because what I found was I would be boiling and then freezing cold five minutes later. So having that opportunity to maybe just have a little cardigan or a shawl that you can just put around in a meeting without bringing huge amount of attention to yourself. Um, It's it's a simple but more comfortable step. Uh, When we started, I complimented you on your, the lovely uh, blouse that you have on and you started to say something to me about Menopause in your blouse. So can you tell me that story? I think one of the things that we really lose, we lose through menopause is the sparkle over our own identity. And we lose the sparkle over our self-care. It just goes right down to the bottom of the priority list. And one of the things that I'd really recommend is if you is, is just introducing a little bit of sparkle and a little bit of colour into your day. That might be a little dash of red lipstick. It might be I've got a little sparkly top on here. And would I have worn this 10 years ago for a recording on a podcast? Absolutely not. I wouldn't have dared do it. But you know what? I think it lifts my colour a bit. It's not sequined. And it just it's just got a little bit of shimmer in it. And it makes me feel today a little more special about joining you and, and joining your listeners and subscribers so wear it, a little bit of colour around your face, a little bit of sparkle. What can you do to give you just that little sprinkle that might be the difference that just lifts the difference of how you feel? I love it. And the other thing I think is when we do that type of thing, we're also modelling for other people. And it could be other women in menopause, but it could be a man that has some physical disability or doesn't feel well and <clears throat> You know, think about COVID. So many people feel like they can't say anything, but the whole world is experiencing it. It's okay to say you have some brain fog or there's something going on. Absolutely. And um, and high-performing women tend to not share symptoms because they're just used to powering through. We are powerhouses. And actually, what I'd say is that can end up being your worst Achilles heel. You've got to really think about that as you come into menopause, that that approach gets you to a certain point, but it can really untrip you in menopause. So even if you don't want to publicly share it in the workplace and it's your choice of whether you disclose that, um, whether you're menopausal or not, but having a support system around you and sharing it with your tribe is critical. Beautiful. So what are the positives of menopause? You know, well, for me, you've, you've kind of said it, but I really want you to. I think for, for me, there's just this switch that went off in my brain that meant I just can't listen to 
just corporate BS anymore. It's just, you just don't have to listen to it. And that's not about, you know, being confrontational or putting your, your hand in someone's face and saying, I can't listen to that anymore. You just choose to extricate yourself from scenarios that just do not bring you any joy anymore. So with that, you're much more, I feel, much more intentional about where you spend your time and who you spend it with, which means you get much more control back in your own life. And that's only a good thing. I think the the, the major thing about menopause as well is one of the, the things that I've really enjoyed is finding out about women who have been much more authentic and they've been really honest about who they actually are and getting deeper, much more meaningful conversations with peer-to-peer of your, of your peers and, and women who you really respected across the whole of your career landscape. And also as well, just backing yourself. All of that imposter syndrome that is real. Imposter syndrome is a real thing and it really affects women. Is to think, I've come this far and I deserve my seat at this table. And you get a greater sense of understanding of what that means. And also, for me, a greater respect for my body. My body has done amazing things for me. It's done amazing things. And it's so resilient. And you just become more of who you are who you are meant to be. And you become much more comfortable with that. And, and those, for me, are really strong positive takeaways. Well, and as a post-menopausal woman, this too shall pass. Yeah. So it will not last forever. Yeah. And you'll be beyond that. And there's, it keeps getting better. It just keeps getting better. It's a period of time, right? It's a transition. A transition is. is a moment in time. Yes. So I put down in our questions, what's a FEMAC lady? And do you feel comfortable telling us about that would that be okay to in the show with here yeah I mean female ladies are strong ladies aren't they they are full of courage uh, aspiration um and power and you know there are there are there are many of those who I really respect and admire and um you know my goodness if there is ever a female lady it's you Sabrina so you know nice. as a role model wow if anyone wants to know the definition of it look you up Oh, thank you. I was thinking about Christine Lagarde. She's somebody I really admire. Do you have other women that that you feel are really good role models for all of us? I think there are there are some amazing um, women who are phenomenal role models. Jacinda Ahern, who is the Prime Minister of New Zealand, I really respect her. Um, I think. You know, you, you can't get away from the fact that she's she's only young, but I really respect Greta Thunberg for being being true to herself. Mm-hmm. Whether whether you agree with the climate change agenda or whether you don't, I think to have that that power and purpose and self belief and is is really really inspiring. 
I really respect and admire a female founder called Trini Woodall. I don't know if you got in, in back in the, the 90s, her and her best friend, Susanna Constantine, did a big show about what not to wear and there were stylists. And at 54, she launched a skincare and cosmetics brand, which has just gone from strength to strength. She's over actually in the States at the moment. She has shop, she's got a, a concession in Saks Fifth Avenue. She's going from strength to strength. And a, a friend of mine who I really uh, admire, she started, she was a PhD research food scientist, and she had really, really bad symptoms of menopause. And she wasn't in a supportive environment. And she started her own business, Sabor More. And this, uh, she's Spanish and um, has produced a, a product called Paella in a Bottle. And she's gone on to have it um, stocked in some of the major stores around the world. She's an Amazon. She's won numerous cooking programs in media. Um, and these are women that are close to me and who I really admire. Beautiful. Well, to end up the show, what's one last piece of advice you want to leave women with what i'd say is your your you know menopause will will come to all of us don't fear it but start to plan for it and start to think about the positives that can come out of this and getting a career plan on your terms and in your own time frame to ensure that there's no pause to your career as you move through menopause Beautiful. Thank you so much, Fiona. Really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you. It's been a joy. Hey, keep listening. If you like this show and want to learn more on how to be a transformational leader, I have a special offer for you in just another minute. Thanks for following me on LinkedIn for more leadership tips. And I really appreciate you sharing, liking, and giving me a review in iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Remember, if you consider yourself a current or future high-potential female executive that wants to have influence, impact, and radically increase your income, I invite you to reach out to me on my contact page, womensleadershipsuccess.com, so we can connect. Lastly, be sure to check out my Action for Traction for this episode in the show notes at womensleadershipsuccess.com. You will get three quick and easy tips based on this interview to help you truly be a transformational leader. Bye for now. See you soon. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.